Welcome to Projecting the Jump, where we try to help you project uh, how to get a jump in your fantasy drafts and in your standings and all that good stuff. Uh, I am your boy, Flying J. Hey, Flying J. Nature on clean. What's good? What's good? Hey, so I got I to gotta start with something here. I think you're going to find this pretty amusing. Uh, our, uh, our buddy James, who's in our uh, fantasy draft, I forget what his team name is, though, which he's probably going to be offended by. He changes uh, it. It was, it was kicking it with Kyrie or keeping up with Kyrie last year, and then he traded Kyrie. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that kind of makes your your team gonna go a little uh, awkward there. He he just talked to me this week, and he's he he's listened to both podcasts. And after the first one, he was or actually after both of them, he's very convinced that the entire point of this podcast is an elaborate smoke screen to uh, throw people off in just in our league specifically so that so we can mop up in our league after the first episode he thought it was just you he, he was like oh, i think it's just jamie and after the second episode he hit me up and he's like he's like oh no now i know you're in on it too that does not surprise me that sounds like the sort of thing but you know what's funny is it's actually the exact opposite like i'm cons- like i hate getting some of these takes out there um <laughs> We've gotten a lot of feedback on our very active uh, league chat. We have a text thread going. It's been popping off. Um, a lot of league mates have been great about getting the pot out there. I do want to give a shout out to Cheeseburger Randy Jokic's mother, uh, who left us a review. <laughs> really? <laughs> hey, her oh. name is <laughs> no joke. I saw the screenshot. Uh, so he's on a rampage. I told uh, Atley, uh, that's his, that's his uh, birth name that he is our first official publicist, but we can't give him anything besides good advice. Oh, appreciate that, Mama Mama Shrock. But uh, (laughs) I I did just get word today that we are now, uh, which is kind of surprising. We've only been on Apple for four days now, but we we just cracked top 100 all fantasy podcasts for the month. What? Wow. For the last 30 days, we were top 100. Yeah, some of the metrics have been really surprising. Like I saw before we went on that we have 48, it's a projection of 48 subscribers across the two platforms. And I like, I hardly ever subscribe to podcasts, but we won't stay on this too long. But, you know, I like to just seek it out myself. But, but you know, to everybody subscribing and sharing, thank you uh, a lot. We really appreciate it. And we're, we'll try to continue to give you a smokescreen advice to catapult uh, your drop in the standings this year. Yeah, all all of these will be will be actually how we feel, James. None of these are fake. We promise you, whether they're correct right. or not. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the topic today. So, uh, just like the second pod, which kind of came out of the first conversation, this pod uh, has come out of that second pod's conversation. Um, this is definitely a nature on clean philosophy that I he subscribed to for a long time. So he's. What we're getting into today is what I call the all glue guys theme. Uh, so your glue guys, uh, you know, that's like a fantasy role player. And, and, and I want to kind of look at the benefits of either keeping around these fantasy role players all season versus using that spot to either stream or to look for the next big thing on waivers. Um, you know, these players often lack upside or, or perceived to lack upside. Uh, you know, usually capped either by their situation or just straight up their ability. Um, so I broke this down to two types of fantasy glue guys. Uh, 
you got your solid but never spectacular players uh, who round out your roster and smooth out the edges. And this is the Dorian Finney-Smith type. This is how you think My about boy. Um, that's That is your boy. <laughs> so, you know, when rostering these players, the experience is you're not always sure how they're helping you, but you just know they're not actively uh, contributing to your, your detriment. Uh, you get a trinkle of stats with these guys. So that's that's your typical fantasy blue guy. Then I have, uh, you know, the player who I'm going to start with, and he fits this category. And that's why this player inspired the second category. And that's a player who helps you a lot in a few categories, but either gives you very little else or actually can hurt you. And you'll be looking at a couple of categories. You're like, I don't know if I can roster um, in this player. <laughs> this happens to me. I, I like this guy. Uh, Marcus Smart is my point guard of the all fantasy blue guy team. Um, you know, Marcus Smart, he's a, he's a unique blue guy. He really hurts you in percentages. Uh, but his steals are great. His assists are great. Um, but he can just be one of those players that you look at sometimes and you're like, uh, I don't know if this is the best use, you know, of, of this roster spot. We'll try to throw him into a trade. Sometimes you'll end up cutting him. Um, so I'll give you give you the numbers and then I kind of want to hear what you, what you think on Marcus Smart, what's been your experience in the past and then how you feel about him, you know, when you're going through your drafts. The so last season, his average ADP was 91.7. Um, and his final rank was 76. So you got a 15 spot jump um, versus cost um, production this year. Once again, um, quick break here, guys. We got some, got some live, got some live fans in the background. Some younger fans. Um, so you got the 15 spot jump on ADP versus uh, final rank, and then this year Yahoo has him at number 135, ESPN at number 138. So again, he finishes at 76, and he's going at 135. So that seems like good value, but nonetheless, a very unique experience rostering Marcus Smart. How do you feel about the Smart experience there? You know, right before we kind of went on, um, I took a look. I, I just kind of, the last seconds, I, I haven't fleshed this out very much, but I was trying to figure out the all-time glue guy, glue guy squad, uh, and I had him as a starting point guard on, my, on that team. So I think, without a doubt, he's a guy that just is, he, he crushes all of the things that help you in nine cats, but don't necessarily bring you to like an all-star starter because he's not scoring 22 points a game. So he kind of flies under the traditional like uh, ESPN as it's scrolling across the you know bottom of the page like line. But if you dive a little bit deeper, he's crushing that. I, I think that I totally agree with Marcus Smart on this game. So you feel like, especially where you can get him looking at that, I mean, 135 seems low, but you know, if you can get him, you know, auction for 10 to 12 bucks, you just feel like year in, year out, that's just worth it. And then you figure it out from there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he, it, it is hard because, you know, I, I guess when I think of a fantasy glue guy, um, you know, I think there's a few different, you know, I, I really like the way that you describe that. Um, it definitely, I guess my first thought is a guy who doesn't hurt you in any categories. Um, I think that that's pretty important there, you know, and Marcus Smart, obviously he, hurt you in field goal percentage you know he'll have he kind of has a little dylan brooks in him i think where he'll kind of have a some of those uh five for 21 games uh but he brings so much else to the table 
especially in these categories that are that one guy can really put you over the top on. Um, he does a really good job of that. And he, you know, he does a good job with both the rebounds and assists too, which I think is important for a fancy blue guy. Totally. He's a little bit like uh, Julius Randall lights at the guard position. Uh, as oh. far as he's hurting you, you get the steals, but some of the frustrations with, uh, with just taking too many shots, you know, field goal percentage, whatnot. Uh, but I find myself coming back. So he's a fun guy. He's a bulldog. First defensive player of the year in the NBA since the great Gary Payton, 95-96. Wow. Immortalized on your wall behind you multiple times, it looks like. Payton, yeah, <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yeah, the the one thing I think with the glue guys that, that I look for personally, and like you said, uh, glue guys are the, for me, and this is kind of like weird to say, like, and this is coming from a guy who has now owned multiple Toyota Camry. So like, uh, this is kind of saying a little bit about what, what <laughs> just want to kind of preface that a little bit, but glue guys for me are the most exciting part of fantasy basketball. I just, I get off on that consistency, uh, you know, and when I'm, when I'm looking for a glue guy, what, what I'm looking for is a, is somebody that has a really consistent and established role. I think that's really important. And then their production from week to week, month to month, is just something that you can kind of lock in. Um, you know, I think for that reason, you know, I think, uh, you know, Kelly Oubre, Jordan Clarkson need not apply for this one. Uh, those, are, those are kind of the antithesis to these guys. Um, you're kind of looking for this. You know, it's none of these guys on the list that are going to win you your league. But what you're hoping for is to, it's just the fill in the gaps around some of those bigger swings that you're taking. So they're kind of the 10 year key notes of, uh, you know, for your, um, of your, of your team, um, a couple guys, you know, and, and because I'm so excited about this whole idea of blue guys, my list is, uh, pretty extensive, but I'm going to try to trim it down a little bit. Uh, I do want to touch a little bit. I know I talked about him on a previous pod, so I'm just going to talk about it just for a second is, is Dorian Finney Smith. Um, as kind of a, you know, he, he's also on my, uh, uh, all time blue guy, blue guy squad. Uh, and I think he kind of embodies this a little bit in that, you know, you look at his straight box numbers, he averages 11, 4.7 rebounds and two assists. A little, little puny. Um, you know, it, he averages 1.6 stocks, which is helpful. Um, but what's nice is, you know, he, he just doesn't hurt you anywhere. He gets you two threes. His field goal percentage is nice. Um, and just because he has a consistent role, you know, he's getting 33 minutes a night. Uh, you just by, by virtue of being on the court at all times, he just ends up racking up these things a little bit, not because he's necessarily good at them, just because any NBA player that's, that gets 33 minutes a night is going to, to see quite a bit of production. Um, I kind of dug into a split a little bit by month just because I was curious to see, uh, you know, everybody goes on kind of heaters or kind of goes on cold streaks, but uh, it's kind of curious to be <laughs> by month. It's, it's almost exactly the same. You know, if you look at December, January, February, yeah. I mean, his, his worst field goal percentage month, uh, every single month was above 43%. His best was 51%. It kind of tells you something. He, 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 you can just lock in that production, no change across the board. Um, 
the yeah so so he kind of embodies that uh the uh one other guy that i that i kind of had circled in this too as same thing kind of mid-tier vet entering his prime is uh wendell carter jr i kind of have him i have a written down here gorilla glue gorilla glue that's this is a bit of a higher upside take let me touch on DFS. I'm I'm super intrigued on, on Wendell Carter yeah. uh, because he hits a different category. Um, you know, I once wrote about DFS. You know, he's he's better paired. <laughs> I've written about DFS. He's better paired with. Uh, he's like a role player. He's better paired with star players on your roster. So you're thinking about it like a dinner. He's like he's like the green beans or like the mixed vegetables with your steak and potato. Like he's not why you came to the table, but you're happy he's on your plate when you sit down to eat. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. It's not something you're going to push to the side. It's the last thing you're going to eat, but you're going to eat it. Right. That's a good analogy. Right. Just, yeah. These are the green bands. Um, yeah. So, what, I mean, Wendell Carter, I think, uh, moving, on, moving on to him, you're right. He's a little bit higher upside. You know, he averages 15, 10, 3. He's clearly going to be a starter on your team. Um, I think. The, the argument for him is not – with DFS, it's whether he should be on your roster. Uh, with Wendell Carter, the argument here is is to maybe bump him up five or ten spots on what your rankings are. Um, you know, just because, you know, across the board, you know, his – he just doesn't – once again, it doesn't hurt you anywhere. Uh, the He finished last year at number 68, currently on Yahoo, 112. Why? He's kind of boring. You know, he's he's a a six-year player. He's got competition, a little bit of competition in the front court. I think Orlando really visions him, at least as a short-term starter. Um, I can't see Mobamba surplanting him in the starting lineup. Um, Maybe Jonathan Isaac, but he hasn't played for two years. Uh, So I think think his production, you can really lock in. Uh, And the only thing he, he hurt you on? 69% 69% three throw percentage, everything else is a plus. So I think he's somebody that you might might consider giving a little bump. I just quickly pulled it up. So on Basketball Monster, which I, I'm using for all my uh, rankings from last year when we go through this, uh, found Blumdale Carter here at, at 83. Um, which again, I mean, it, honestly, I mean, 15 and 10, three assists. Um, you know, he's a young guy, about 23 years old. So you know you're going to get the consistency. His role is locked in, but you also get the added upside. Um, I, I can't imagine his ADP is going to stay in the hundreds, but uh, good catch. Uh, there's a real discrepancy there. Um, so, Gorilla Glue guy, Wendell Carter Jr. <laughs> um, All right. So, go, yeah, how about it? So, my next. Uh, <laughs> My next guy is uh, super boring. Um, Love this. He's always on somebody's roster. Uh, he's a classic trickle of stats guy. Uh, he's easy to pass on come draft day. He usually finds his way to waivers. But his stats still last year, uh, before I give you the name, uh, 32 minutes a game. Again, this guy usually finds his way into a pretty sizable role. Uh, 14.7 points, 4.8 rebounds. 3.9 assists, uh, 1.2 stocks, and 2.23s a game. Um, you mean this guy? This guy sounds awesome. 
Okay, 14.7, 4.8, 3.9. Any idea who we're talking about? This is a swing man. He's clearly a guard. Oh, a swing man. Oh, man. Uh, it's a swing man. Yeah, I, I don't know. Who is this? He has a new team this year. This is Will the Thrill Barton. Oh, wow. He's somebody I he's forget about it. constantly. It's easy to. 15, 5, and 4, and you, yeah, you don't even think about him. Wow. That's a great, that's a great pull. I always think of him as a little bit of a, more of a Jordan Clarkson points without uh, any other fillers in there. But those are great, great numbers there with rebounds and assists. Yeah, right, in 71 games. So last year, his ADP was 130. His final rank was 108. Uh, this year, you can get him in Yahoo at number 137. ESPN somehow sharper on Will the Thrill at 122. Uh, shout out ESPN drafters. Um, so just an interesting guy to keep in mind, you know, it's, you know, it's fun to, to take, you know, shots on, you know, rookie centers in platoons who might block a shot in half a game. Sometimes the vendors should take Will Bart in, in the 10th or 11th round. Is he, is he the, uh, the swing man to own in Washington? I mean, they kind of have this glut of guys the, that could do something. I, I don't know really who. Who it is to own there? Is that is he the guy that you're targeting? Well, listen to Josh Lloyd today talking about the Wizards rotation and uh, Danny Avia, uh, however you pronounce that last name, the is Israel Swingman. Uh, I like his game. He's a trickle of stats guy. Going to get a few more stocks, so I think it's Will Barton and Danny Avia who are kind of fighting for that starting role. Uh, but I think both are going to be able to get enough minutes. Uh, the Wizards, you know, are a high octane offense. Usually, uh, get a lot of shots up. Um, should have a fairly high pace. Um, so, you know, I think Will Barton is who he is, and you're not going to have to pay much to get him. So, uh, that being said, I'll probably have him on zero rosters next year. But just somebody to keep in mind. But yeah, I think uh, him and Denny are kind of fighting for the starting role. But he should carve out serviceable uh, roles. And even if he isn't the starter, it. it- probably is a positive for him. There's some guys that you kind of, that oh, yeah. seem like they, they perform better as the lead bench guy. They, their numbers are better. Exactly. Will Barton wants to feel like he's the man, so let him come in and bully some some backups and you'll get your numbers. I like that. Yeah, if he loses the job, maybe I'll be more apt to grab him. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, and Let's see here. So moving on here, the I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit with another guy that I – uh, that I think is certainly going to be uh, a glue guy this year. I think he's always been a little undervalued in, in fantasy. And, uh, or I think I should say his role in real life, I think hasn't matched what his output has been. I, um, and this isn't a homer take. And uh, uh, although it okay. could be considered this, uh, but I was really glad to see my Blazers, trade for this or pick him up this guy this uh last year who's who's josh hart uh josh hart's entering his sixth season kind of hitting his prime um the the blazers have a really shallow bench so he's like i said on the previous podcast i kind of expect him to have that sixth man role um so he's going to kind of have a green light on the offense his combined uh if you you know i think what to expect it's not going to be quite as sweet as uh as it was when he was playing for the tanking trailblazers last year with him and you know a bunch of scrubs uh, 
you know, so it's going to be somewhere between that and what he produced in New Orleans the previous year, uh, which is, you know, his averages last year were 15, seven and four with 1.3 stocks. That's in a, you know, three and a half good percentages. That's a good guy to own. Um, you know, I think the, the scoring, the, you know, the points might take a slight hit, but what I am expecting to see a little bit of an increase on is, you know, if he's coming off of, off the bench or, or even if he starts at all times, I am, I envision him being on the court with either Damian or Anthony Simon. Both of those guys are terrible defenders. I mean, just terrible. It's, I watch a lot of Blazer games. They're both really bad. So I think uh, Josh Hart, who's a good defender, is going to see a lot of on-ball defense. Um, so I think he, he's going to have a lot of opportunities just by virtue of that to pick up a few more of those deflection steals, blocks. Um, so I kind of could see that 1.3 socks rising up to a 1.8. I mean, if, if you hit two, clearly you're really elite. Um, so I think he's got a chance of doing that. Um, I think he's a guy, once again, he was going to be owned, but I think maybe you give him that, um, maybe five, 10 spot bump just because he's going to have that consistent role. You know, I had him on my honorable mentions list, but I figured you'd take care of the Josh Hart. Um, he, you know, what I've always noticed with him, he's a crazy good rebounder for, you know, usually plays shooting guard. He's shooting guard, small forward eligible. Uh, who knows with Portland, he, he might get that rare trifecta with shooting guard, small forward, power forward eligibility. You love to see that. Um, so he could be a real versatile asset to your fantasy team. Um, you know, he gets, let's just say, 3.5 times. He's a great passer. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but he's a sneaky good. You know, in this particular draft, to touch on Extreme Drums, shout out. Uh, you know, it's, it, the Blazers players won that up on my roster very often. I was surprised to get Nurkic last year for 16 bucks. And then uh, he got some heat being called overrated. And I was like, what do you want for 15 bucks, 16 bucks in a fantasy auction for a big guy? Uh, so my, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I think just look in, look at the fact that he's a little under the radar. They went out and got Jeremy Grant. Um, he's a sneaky good pick. Um, I don't have his ADP in front of me, but I can't imagine it's much higher than the 80, 90 range. Yeah, I don't, I don't have it in front of me either, but uh, it wasn't in the top 100. I know that. You know, the listeners can do a little homework too. Why don't you, if you want to know the ADP of Josh Hart, just look it up. You're good. You know what I mean? Hey, Jamie. So I got a, I got a question for you here though. I got a, a, uh, I was, I had one guy written and then I wrote down another guy and I kept flipping back and forth a little bit. And it's kind of funny because they play the same position on the same team. Um, and I think one of these guys is, or maybe both these guys are going to be fancy glue guys, but I'm curious on who you value more or who's going to end up on more of your rosters. Um, both these guys are kind of point or both guards for Chicago. Uh, we got Caruso or uh, Ayo DeSumo. <laughs> is, that, is, it or Ayo? is it Ayo or Ayo? It's Ayo. It's Ayo. It's Ayo. Oh, okay. It's Ayo. Okay. Um, I, so this is classic. So you, you're getting all jazzed up talking about fantasy blue guys. When I get my druthers, when I get, when I get all hot and bothered is when you force these comparisons that are just perfectly calculated for my brain. So where, you know, like I was, I listened back to second pod and I think it was the question about, um, 
about three guards. It was Cole Anthony, um, Bones, and um, uh, Mitchell in Sacramento. And I flip flops back and forth. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Mitchell here. But I probably go with like, you construct these questions. You're this is what you do. Um, Caruso, I, I actually I noticed this today. Uh, his ADP is a little high. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the white Mamba thing, you know. He puts on the headband, and all those old Lakers fans love him. And uh, you know, he has this brand behind him just because he's a bald guy who's good at basketball, which is dope. Are you saying he, he's getting a bald guy That's bump? True. I am. He's getting the bald guy, the bald white guy bump. Yeah, he I, looks I, like I've never heard of the bald guy bump. I like this though. It's the bald guy bump. He looks like you know the IT guy who's all offended that you can't figure out something on your computer at work, and he can throw down a tomahawk dunk. Um, no, but but for real, back to the content. No, uh, Caruso's sneaky on on the fact that people are after him. I love Iodisumnu. So shout out to my points league listeners. Actually, had somebody ask me about that. Um, so with uh, Lonzo Ball out, I believe four to six weeks. That guy can't stay healthy. Um, to put up some some nasty numbers, he can really uh, steal the ball. I want to say uh, 1.7 is floating around in my head. Um, in between 1.4 to 1.7 steals as a rookie last year. Uh, he has some explosive uh, stat lines. You know, he can put up like a 22, you know, six rebounds, 10 assists game when given when given the opportunity. I think Caruso, because of the ball guy bump, is going to go a little higher. Uh, then I'm willing to take him. And again, he, he he's a guy, he gets his steals. He, he gets hurt a lot. 2.1 stocks. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but I, I think Desumnu is going to assume the point guard role there um, with Levine playing off ball. They really like him. Uh, he went to Illinois. He's a local kid. Um, I have him as a rookie keeper in my longest standing points league. Um, and he's just, so I'm a Desumnu guy and I bet I don't have to draft him. I bet he's that sort of dude where, you know, you draft a player who's hurt, you slip him into injury spot when the draft's over, and you grab a guy like the Sumno, and you let somebody else pay $18 for the bald mamba. Bald mamba, I like that. <laughs> uh, um, so, so the forward on my, uh, the first forward on my all fantasy Glue guy team was actually none other than DFS. Um, so I think we've kind of touched on him a lot. Uh, so, if, you know, again, his minutes being locked in that role, you never get frustrated by him. Uh, you never have to wonder, is is, uh, is the coach going to be giving the minutes tonight? Uh, so DFS is, is the king of the sanity all-stars, which, which you kind of coined that last year. We, we spent, I don't know, probably 100 collective hours exchanging blurbs about Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, so I'll skip Dorian Finney-Smith and go on to my next forward. Uh, and that would be the wild thing. Shout out, uh, Josh Lloyd, uh, Jay Sean Tate. Oh, um, I had him written down here too. Look at that. Let me let the people see those notes. Keep it focused. So, yeah, I, I, I do my notes on. like I'm uh, uh, written down, like I'm doing fantasy in 1947. Uh, they're on my uh, my child's construction paper. This is a yellow construction paper this week. But uh, this is over and over again, just written down in pen. Do you do crossword puzzles? You seem like a crossword puzzle guy. You know, I haven't got into it enough. I, uh, uh, I, I want to be a crossword puzzle guy, but uh, you know, I'm spending way too much time on uh, 
um, looking up Max Strauss's numbers to to be to spend much time on crossword puzzles. Do you get a physical newspaper to the house? Does it take some Not it. Not anymore. Okay, that's yeah. too bad. Uh, all right, moving on. Uh, we love not, how not animated you are. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jay Shante, really interesting looking into him. He has the looks of the next great fantasy blue guy. Um, there are some rotation questions. I actually looked at their depth chart today. Um, and he is the backup at small forward, the backup at power forward, and he's down as the backup at center. Um, so he, you know, kind of a jack of all trades. Um, but last year he had more ups and downs than your, than a DFS style blue guy. Um, he'd have some explosions and then kind of, kind of fade into obscurity. Uh, his ranks aren't exactly sexy. Uh, he had an ADP of 160 last year. His final rank was 166. Uh, currently is going 142 on Yahoo and 136 on ESPN. But when you look at his stats, they feel better than 160. They feel good to me. Um, so last year, actually, I'll just give you the average of his two seasons. So over the first two years, 27 minutes, 12 points, five and a half rebounds, 2.7 assists, 1.6 stocks, uh, 50% from the field, uh, and just under a three a game. That sounds better than the raw DFS numbers um, or comparable. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. He's a 70% free throw shooter. Um, so that's the one yeah, that hurt you. Right. And, and it's not great. And it's, it's one, it's again, it's the, op, it's, you got to think about the cost. I have this thing I always say, like, sometimes if you give me a shitty piece of store bought cake, I'll take a couple bites and I'll be like, the calorie to enjoyment ratio here is out of whack. So I'm just not going to finish a shitty piece of cake. So, like, you really have to consider, like, is it worth absorbing on your team the 68 to 70% free throw shooting from a guy like Jay Shante to get those really nice across the board stats? You know, um, like if you have a build, and we haven't talked about that, but, uh, you know, if you're punting free throws or willing to sacrifice the category, uh, you can bump him up 30 spots. And Basketball Monster actually has all that. You can go in, you can put the category you're punting, and it will recalibrate uh, the rankings. So go ahead and use that, James Robinson. See if that's real. Basketball Monster. <laughs> and really, I mean, like like you said, his stock, his stocks, his first year, were elite. Um, right. The second Last year, they slipped for whatever reason, but he's only entering his third year in the league. I mean, like exactly. these numbers, these numbers are, are good. I mean, like you said, it, he averaged 26 minutes a game last season, um, and he put up these numbers. I, you just think that that efficiency is going to take the next step. You know, he ever, the 1.8 turnovers on that efficiency isn't, you know, or on those numbers isn't strong, but there's reason to believe as you enter the third year that that maybe that drops maybe those that 1.8 turns to 1.5 maybe that 70 turns into 80 then all of a sudden you're right then then you're looking at a top 100 guy that's a good call you know i think the most important stat of all on jay shante was he was the mvp of the futures game last year don't forget that he looks like uh, a man amongst boys <laughs> and he is he's i think he's 26 years old now he was a 24 25 year old rookie uh so something to keep in mind there is he might be hitting mm -hmm. his feet sooner than you would think if you look at his career log. But uh, yeah. hey, he's a sneaky good guy. And I think he's a future fantasy blue guy for you if you can stomach the free throws or if they come up like you mentioned. So I who like you that. got? I know you, you got a long right. list and we got about 10, 15 minutes left. We're trying to come pack this thing for y'all. 
Yeah, yeah. I want to hit. I want to hit on uh, two guys at once, and then and then I'm going to get into a category within this general category that I want to hit on, um, and kind of get your reaction to that. But so first off, I want to hit on two Celtics, um, and both of them, uh, I think, I like for different reasons. Um, one of them is that I really like is Derek White. Uh, I'm kind of thinking that maybe his poor, he honestly was pretty bad in the playoffs considering that how far that they advanced. Um, and then on top of that, they added Malcolm Brogdon this off season. So I think that his, his rankings are going to be down pretty far. Um, you know, I think, but I think that would be, a, I think that would be a, an error to draft him that far down or he give him that big of a bump down. Um, cause I don't think it matters if he's going to be the starter or sixth man. He has a clear path to a lot of minutes. I mean, it's him smart. You got, uh, Brogdon, Peyton Pritchard's in that mix too, but he's got a really clear role. Uh, once again, his, he's a lot like Marcus Smart, who you, who you touched on where he's prone to these shooting slumps a little bit. But if you ignore that, he hits you with production across the board as far as his rebounding is really good for, for his position. You know, he's kind of out of position uh, stats. His blo- his stocks are really high, especially his blocks. I mean, if you're looking for a block from a guard, he's, he's doing great there. Um, so I think, and I think it really doesn't matter whether he's a starter or he's coming off the bench. And then on top of that, both smart and Brogdon, pretty injury prone. I think that there's going to be long stretches where he's the starter. So I think he's one of those guys who's going to kind of fill across the stat sheet for you. The second one, um, which is going to kind of lead into uh, another category. He's a guy that, uh, as you know, I'm a huge fan of. Um, I think I'm a bigger, I'm, I'm over my fees on him a, a little bit, but I, uh, I really like what he brings as far as how he embodies kind of this category. And that's Grant Williams. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Keep listening. <laughs> I, yeah, I think uh and he's gonna uh uh he's gonna kick out this next category, which I'm gonna I'm gonna hold back on the name of just for a second. But uh but I what I like about him is is kind of that same thing as DFS where he's not getting you the points. So he's going to fall under the radar, but he's bringing you everything else. He's just entering his fourth year. Um, and I think where I see room for improvement over where he was last year um, is that during the regular season, he only averaged 24 minutes a game during the playoffs. They gave him, significant run above that they gave him a really large leap up from that which kind of shows that that when the you know that where they value him um you know if you look at his for 36 numbers which once again are the stupidest thing in the world nobody plays 36 minutes but uh two minutes yeah there it should be per 32 minutes those numbers are 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 really just clearly top 100 so i think uh, if you see somewhere in between the 24, which he got, and the 36, which you know is projected there, then you're looking at a really solid, really solid player. Um, but he kind of leads this category, and this is where I want to get your reaction to, or kind of uh, have you choose between a few of these guys that uh, 
the category of players I'm calling um, uh, projecting the glue. Projecting the glue. On brand already. <laughs> um, there's a, a few of these guys, and I think uh, they seem to be – there's clearly one glaring hole in their game um, that's kind of keeping them from being that glue guy or being that a really solid uh, all-around player for your team. So, I mean, I think – and it's it, the question is going to kind of be, like, which one of these guys do you see – closing that gap and, and, and being that really the guy you have to, you have to own. So I'm going to fire, uh, I guess I'm going to fire like two guys at a time at you and kind of get your reaction to them. Are we going to do white and grant? You just gave me the tape on that. Well, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with white and grant. I was, I was over here as the has <laughs> just quickly on those two. Um, I have a lot of recency bias because I played a shit ton of DFS in the playoffs. So obviously the Celtics got to game six of the finals. Um, Derek White's uh, blocks or stocks really kind of dried up and I, uh, as a Celtic. And, I, and I'm wondering if that can come back around. I don't have the splits in front of me. Thought about looking it up, but we, we got a lot to get to. So that I, I would just say I hope that comes back around. I don't know if it's scheme or uh, he just wasn't as aggressive because all of a sudden here he is. You know, rather than being one of the young cornerstones on Spurs team, low key hanging out in San, you know, in Texas, um, you know, all of a he's on this loaded team trying to earn minutes. So I'm, I'm hoping that'll come back around. Uh, and then Grant Williams, he had that one monster game uh, where he set the Celtics all-time playoff record for threes, and then he just kind of disappeared again and in, into the shadow on the court that he stands in the corner. Uh, I think he had like a one for five game. This is all. Like I said, recently biased and off the top of my head. Um, so with White, what I want to see is those stocks get back to the San Francisco, San Francisco, to the uh, San Antonio levels. And with Grant Williams, just more consistency. And again, that'll come with minutes. Uh, so that's interesting. I would definitely prefer to have Derek White on my team. I'd probably uh, prefer to spend a little more on him or have to draft him a few rounds before I bother with Grant Williams. So, so Derek White on that one. Okay. Yeah. Solid, solid reasoning there. Um, so the, I'm going to hit you with with another uh, either or here. Um, you got two kind of different guys. We got uh, 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 Chumo Okiki for Orlando and then uh, Hartenstein now with the Knicks. So first off, I'm going to say definitely Hartenstein on this one. Um, Rotation-based, rotation-based, rotation-based. The Magic have a log jam um, in front of Okiki. I'm concerned, uh, you know, where those minutes are going to come from. You know, Tibbs is a hard guy to trust, but I think he's going to love Hartenstein. Uh, you know, they gave uh, Mitch Robinson, I think it was four years, 80 mil, so he's there. But he can't play more than 24 minutes of games. He can't be so foul-prone. He's such a doofus. Um, mm. So I, Hartenstein is fundamentally sound. Uh, I don't know if you have a stats in front of you, but the stocks are out of control for 32 or 36 per 18 minutes, whatever. Um, he, he has 1.8 in 25 minutes last year. Exactly. I definitely would prefer to take the flyer in Hartenstein. Uh, Okiki's a weight and tell. Oh, sorry. Did I say, did I say minutes. 25 minutes? 18 minutes. No, yeah. 1.8 in 18 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, he's nuts. He's a per minute monster. Um, Okiki, leave him on the wire. If he gets hot, feel free to pick him up. I did so a few times last year. He can get steals and bunches, and then he can completely disappear. So uh, if we're talking 
taking a shot in your draft, Hartenstein by a mile. Yeah, Hartenstein, born in Oregon, by the way. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, the one thing I, I was curious with Hartenstein, and uh, I'm I'm interested to hear what you think about this. The uh, you know he's his minutes have has always been pretty regulated for the Clippers. Clippers have been really deep. Uh, you know they, and so his career high for minutes is is 18 minutes a night. Tibbs obviously likes to pick a guy, roll with him deep. Do you see any chance? that he cracks like 25, 30 minutes. I mean, I know that rotation is uh, that forward rotation is really actually strong for the Knicks. This is kind of the one thing that they have a really, uh, they're really deep at. Yeah. I would say, hell no. Don't forget mm. Taj Gibson, Tibbs favorite. The only player that Tibbs loves more than Derek Rose is Taj Gibson. And he's is still he on the team? run. He's he still is. on the team. Wow. It's, it's confirmed. I've recently looked it up. Um, <laughs> So he's wow. still on the roster. So you got to pencil in 18 to 22 minutes for Taj Gibson, of course. Why wouldn't you do that? Um, so, no, I'm, I think the best you can hope for, you got 48 center minutes. Um, if you can get Hartenstein to anywhere between 20 and 24 minutes, that's a win. That's a glue guy for your team. I, I think he's worth keeping. I think he will be. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think that's – I like that analysis. Yeah, you're right with Chime Okike. Uh I mean, he averaged two stocks a game last game, last year in 25 minutes. Uh, but he does does hurt you in other, especially in field goals. Man, that guy oh, is just, just, throws, just throws it towards the hoop. Chucker. But a young guy, so you never know. I think it's, it's something to certainly be monitoring. Um, all right, so the, the next one I, get, I got for you here. Uh, curious what you think about, uh, let's see here. Okay, who? This is this is a. Uh, You're getting all excited. Yeah, I know. Well, it's hard. I'm trying to I'm trying to narrow this down a little bit. But so you have two Miami Heat guys. You going with uh, uh, you going with Caleb Martin? In fact, we'll go. We're going to widen this. You can have either. You can have. We're going to make it three way. Either Martin brother, both Martin brothers, or Mac uh, Mac Struess. This is the most leaky question of all time. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Martin brother that plays in Miami. <laughs> uh, I think I, he's not gonna be on any of my teams. Have have Adam, uh, but he that it's surprisingly thin over there in Miami. The depth is not uh, what it has been in years past. Oladipo obviously is always an injury risk. Caleb Martin's the new PJ Tucker uh, who went over to Philly as far as he's going to be on the court and closing lineups to be knocking down threes. He could give you a sneaky, nice fantasy season. I want to look at his ugly ass pitcher all season. I'd rather just draft to upside. <laughs> so you can, I'm, I'm definitely going to go. I believe that's Caleb Martin in Miami uh, wins this by a landslide. And I will have him on exactly zero. Two. So you're, you're basically giving him the Caruso negative bump. Uh, you're, that, I, I don't draft Crusoe that often because I think he's so ugly, but you're doing the same thing with Caleb Martin. I mean, my fantasy teams are just a reflection about how I feel about myself. So I'm, I'm looking for pretty close. Oh, so you got Kelly Oubre. Like, you're spending $30 on Kelly Oubre. The tsunami poppy. Uh, God, Oubre's garbage. What a bad basketball player. Uh, really handsome guy. Really good looking. He'll end up on Odin's team. We know that. Yeah, that's true. That is probably true. <laughs> All 
Uh, you got any more, or you want me to get into, I, into my center? He's the most boring of my list. Is I got for the blue no, team. Hit, hit, hit your center. Hit your center. I'm curious. I mean, I'll, I'll just keep it clean. It's uh, it's going to be Zubots over there in LA. Um, Love that. Uh, Zubots last season, uh, ADP of 107. He hits you with a 137, according to Basketball Monster. Uh, he's going at number 96 in Yahoo. And that's that center scarcity thing that I touched on with Shingoon. Uh, he's one of the last guaranteed, uh, you know, 25 minutes a game starting centers in your drafts. Um, you'll get his 10.3 points. You'll enjoy his 8.5 rebounds. And you'll stay for the single block in point five steals. <laughs> but what's really going to keep him around is the glue guys, the 63% shooting uh, on seven shots a game. Yeah. Uh, and 73% from the line. So very boring, but a glue guy center nonetheless. Um not a lot to say about Zubots. Kind of like him. He, get, he has pretty eyes. Uh, he looks a bit like a like a one of those dolls, uh, porcelain doll, uh, which is kind of creepy. Uh, but <laughs> I like Zubots as a, as a round out your roster guy. Um, but I, I'm not going to be spilling my drink to get him or anything. A little bit. I mean, no heart and sign to maybe guess a two minute bump or something like that, which is uh, you know is not nothing. Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. You got any, you got any last second lucky questions for us? Yeah. The, um, um, I, I do have a, a, a few guys that I, uh, have on my watch list that I think really are, they have a glaring hole, um, in their game that I, I didn't even want to include on my list, but I have them on my watch for their first. And th- these are like almost all guys that are going undrafted that I think are kind of worth, paying attention to the first week or two of the season to see if one of them kind of really took a jump because I think the, uh, and all these guys have a really huge role. I think their minutes are all going to be high. Um, but I don't think any of them are good at the moment, but, or they, I don't think any of them were good last season, but I, you know, they're all young guys. Um, but, and so I'm curious if, if any of these guys do you, uh, kind of rise to that, Plunk down more than five bucks on. Um, so Isaac Coro is the first one. Uh, Patrick Williams is the second one. Jackson Hayes. And uh, this guy's in a young guy, uh, but it's Cadavius uh, uh, Codwell uh, Pope is, is the next one. Why not throw in the Pope? Uh, KCP. Um, so there's a very clear winner for me. And with uh, five minutes left on this pod, I don't want to reveal it because this is one of my favorite sleepers. <laughs> and I don't want, and we're going to have some extreme drums coming for him. Uh, I got to answer and when you do a pod, you can't do that. So I'll have to answer the question. Honestly, Patrick Williams and a landslide, man. Um, he's, he's a really interesting player. Would not surprise me uh, if things broke right. He could be the fourth option on that team, which doesn't sound amazing. Uh, but, you know, Vooch is aging a bit. Um, DeRozan's a very specific player that, you know, uh, he's he's going to do what he does. And that's that's that. Um, I could see a ceiling for him this year, 15 points, seven rebounds. He's a one, one, one guy in the making. Um, but the floor is, you know, he, he just doesn't ever really get it going. So I'm afraid someone's going to spend too much on him. Um, but it's easily Patrick Williams, KCP, and he's dust. I'm not interested in that, um, you know. And uh, it, I was so interested in Patrick Williams, I forgot the, the, the other guy. 
Yeah, Jackson Hayes or Isaac Okoro. Isaac Okoro is no good. He's not a good player. Uh, he's just not good at NBA basketball. Uh, he's a good on-ball defender. He's not a great fantasy player. I don't. I actually parsed into there was I needed threes really bad, and I had one move left in my playoff game last year, uh, and I was trying to choose between quickly and uh, and um, Okoro, who had three games, um, and uh, he uh, he totally shit the bed. Uh, I just don't think he's very good. Jackson Hayes, uh, he's interesting. He got a lot of love last year when he, he was getting minutes, um, and then he kind of disappointed once um, you know you spent a bunch of your fab budget on him, or you know you had high hopes for him. He, he was, was getting about, minutes along. He was getting minutes alongside Valanciunas, right? Or was Valanciunas out? They were playing him at power forward for a while. You're right. You're right to say that. Um, so with Zion back, that'll be interesting. He's a wait and see for me. I'm not going to waste one of my roster spots. Uh, draft come draft time on Jackson Hayes. Um, you know, he so he's a wait and see for me. So it's definitely Patrick Williams uh, as far as drafting is concerned. I would take a shot on. I like that. I like that emphatic answer. That's uh, yeah. All, all those guys for me are pretty low, but they all have the opportunity. You can see the clear path to all of them getting 32 minutes a night. Um, the other one I. I had written down here, which I didn't throw out in that conversation because he seemed like the winner, but it would be if uh, I have my eye on is Lou Dort um, in the preseason. His percentages are just terrible, uh, and he's such a chucker that uh, – but I'm wondering if uh, – and I know you don't, you don't know Thunder guys, but uh, you know if Giddy and Shea, uh, Gildas Alexander kind of take a little bit of a jump, they take a little bit of that pressure off, if Dort could – ever move his field goal percentages up 10%, you're looking at a, at a really tremendous guy. Um, but, you know, that's kind of a, that's a big if. Oh, well, I think the listeners should know this. That's important. Uh, Licky does not roster Lakers just because he hates the Lakers. Pretty simple one. Uh, I don't roster Zombie Sonics. I also don't use the nickname for the team. Um, and I will separate my... Uh, lifelong Seattle Supersonics fandom from this podcast whenever possible, but just, uh, I, I don't roster zombies. Um, I've thrown a couple in DFS lineups and, uh, my girlfriend, you know, made me feel the wrath of get you. What are you doing? This goes against everything you believe. Who have you become? And I'm like, I won $6 on a dollar game. Like you common tanking season. They're hard to avoid. Um, but on Lou Dork, he's an intriguing player. Um, the, the zombies are just a frustrating team. I mean, they've already, the tank has begun, not only with Chet, but uh, Shay has been shut down pretty much. So, yeah, if they don't shut down Lou Dort, What's be, the news of Shay? I missed the news of Shay. Uh, he is out for um, a specified period of time already. I want to say six to eight oh. weeks. I, I, think it's, I think it's a Liz Frank. I'm not an oh, injury no, expert. Really? Oh, really? Okay. Oh, so the shutdown's begun. And they just paid Ludor uh, like $85 million, So I'm sure somewhere in the small print as we get to shut you down. So, you know, buyer beware. Um, but he's an intriguing player. Um, and I'd love to see him on another team someday. Yeah, well said. Um, so um, we got another pod coming pretty quickly. Um, we, uh, I'm going to be stepping into a friend's uh, podcast studio. There'll be some fancy lighting and whatnot. Uh, so once we get the YouTube page up and running, which uh, that's a, a flying J task, um, then you get to see all that. But, um, but yeah, this is uh, the quickest we've come up with the concept and just ran with it. 
Uh, I think we're starting to get into a little bit of a groove. This is a heat check pod, honestly. Let's just see if we can do it. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks to everyone who's who's listening, giving us feedback, and uh, we will hit you back with a fourth pod really quickly here. <laughs>